Welcome to the Gateway Ministry School Life of Leadership Podcast. Hear from our Gateway Ministry School speakers as they share insights into their unique leadership experience. We hope this episode will enhance and contribute to your leadership journey. Well, here we are with another episode of the Life of Leadership Podcast. Sav, as always, very good to see you today. Always great to see you, Mr. Sam. Thank Jackson. you, Mr. Sam. Mr. Sam, okay, we'll upgrade. Go with that. All right, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Sav. Um, how, how are you today? Nice I'm and warm, doing well. nice and toasty. Yeah, um, in this room where we are, our producer, Joel Phillips, in the background has turned up the heat to 28 degrees. So, wow. yeah, we're warm. You feel the cold, Joel? Yes, he's nodding. Yes. Okay. We are joined by a very special guest today, a man that goes by many titles, but we around here simply know him as Jace. Jason Ellsmore, uh, thanks so much for joining us today, mate. Great to be here. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Mate, uh, there's so many things. And as, as we got closer to today, I was thinking of all the different things we could talk about. We're going we're gonna to chat today about the call of God on our lives as leaders. Sure. Um, and as, as I look at scripture and as I think about some people that, you know, the, the, their story of calling is told, like Samuel he- hearing the audible voice and David just sort of going about shepherding and suddenly the opportunity comes and... Um, I think sometimes that can paralyze us a bit in waiting for a moment like that or what we think is the call. Uh, in your experience and in your mind and as you've observed leaders over the years, uh, what are some of the common things that, that sort of shape the call of God on our lives? Sure. Thanks, Sam. It is great to be here. And uh, I, I love talking about uh, all things leadership and, and the call of God. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that partic- first come to mind. Firstly, uh, I think it's just a passion that God puts in our heart. Uh, there's a passion to serve Him, to serve a particular group of people, to uh, to serve a particular need, to actually uh, you know see the ministry of Jesus that we read about in pages of the Bible, you know, actually come to life in uh, in a particular community or in communities around the world. And there's just a passion in people's hearts that won't go away. It perseveres. It stays with them. It's not just a good idea that's a fleeting idea, but there's something that they're just uh, passionate about seeing uh, happen. And often uh, that can be shaped by uh, either a significant uh, difficulty that they faced in their own life and they saw the way that you know Jesus uh, walked with them and uh, transformed them in the midst of that difficulty or it's just you know seeing some of the effects of sin and whether that be uh, poverty or brokenness in families or whether that be uh, you know youth suicide rates or you know girls trafficked into um, into slavery you know we just see it and it grips our heart in such a way that it doesn't leave us and it's just uh, we just want to see it change we want to see uh, somehow God break through and see it change and I, I just think that's one of the ways that uh, many people hear the call of God today it's often not you know writing on the wall the only time God writes on the wall in the in the Bible it wasn't very good news and <laughs> he said your days are up and you're about to die so we kind of don't want that that to happen but there were some significant uh, leaders in the bible that you know had a visit from an angel or they heard an audible voice uh, or had an encounter with the risen jesus on the road to damascus and quite significant moments but then there was also people like timothy and i kind of um 
I probably relate a little bit to Timothy. He's fairly uh, a young, shy leader when he begins uh, ministry in this really tough city in, in Ephesus. And uh, it seems, for all we understand, is that there was a moment where his uh, father in the faith, Paul, you know, spoke a word over him, laid hands on him, prayed for him, uh, saw the gift of the Spirit come upon him. And uh, Timothy just went about doing the ministry and seeing people in Ephesus come to know Jesus. And he had times, just like me, uh, I had to overcome some of my timidity and some of my fear uh, to step into the calling. And there were times where it got so difficult he wanted to give up. And again, Paul had to come alongside him and encourage him in the faith, encourage him in the calling that remind him of the way that God had called him in the past. And it doesn't seem quite as you know dramatic as some of the other big moments in, in history. And I think that's the way it happens for a lot of us. Um, there might be someone that just speak God's word of, um, of, of life over us and just a call of God over us and we begin to take the opportunity opportunities that he gives us you referred a little bit there to your uh you know you're able to relate to timothy and 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 in some of your journey i wonder if you could articulate that a bit more for us what's your sense of calling like you just sit here now uh pushing 50 very close very Uh, close too close (laughs) far too young you've been you've been uh, you moved from new south wales to queensland which is controversial as we sit here the the night after an amazing origin match amazing um, i've given up on football Um, but you have been up here for 17 years, 18 years, 18 years. 18 yeah. years. Um, as you sit here today, can you talk to us about the sense of calling today versus that time when you came to Gateway, when you came to Queensland? Yeah. What's changed? What's developed? What's, what's similar? And maybe some of the key moments along that journey as well. Yeah, uh, thanks, Sam. I reckon that there are some really defining moments and, and probably some of the different ways I heard the call of God to get to this point that uh, others might be able to relate to. Mm. I, I just remember when I really surrendered my life to Christ at 19, I just immediately had this passion in my heart to see the gospel uh, break into the lives of these kids living in this housing commission suburb in the western suburbs of Sydney. There's lots of brokenness. I'd seen it. I'd seen the brokenness. And as Holy Spirit came into my life, it's just a passion to uh, to see the gospel uh, transform their lives. And so I just started serving where I could. I ended up leading a life group that was reaching a bunch of these kids, uh, a youth group, sorry, that was reaching a bunch of these kids. And uh, one Friday night, I was still working as a builder's labourer. I was probably 19 or 20 and uh, one Friday night I'm sitting in the gutter uh, with uh, another guy who was a volunteer youth leader and I said to him, wouldn't it be awesome to do this full time? (laughs) And at that point in my life I actually thought everybody had a uh, a secret ambition to be a youth pastor (laughs) but only a few special people got to do it. And I didn't think I was one of those. And I remember James just saying to me, nah, I wouldn't want to do this full time. He says, I'm an engineer. I love being an engineer. Uh, and I love helping you on a Friday night. I was, I was, that was the moment for me. I actually started to realize this was a unique call of God on my life. I had to follow it. And so for me, that was going to Bible college and starting to train for ministry. I did become a youth pastor. Fast forward uh, 10 years, and I loved serving in that church. I loved serving that community. But I was riding my bike through the bush on summer holidays, and I actually I didn't hear an audible voice, 
but I heard a really clear impression in my heart, in my mind as I was praying. I just felt like God say, it's time to leave all that you currently know behind. Mm. A little like the call of Abraham. And to be honest, I fought it for 10 months. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to leave. And I didn't know what I was going to. But I just knew it stayed with me. Again, it just stayed with me. I just couldn't shake it. And so I eventually uh, made that decision. And I won't go into all the details. But uh, after we did leave uh, what we knew uh, behind, God did lead us to Queensland. Uh, by that stage, I, re- I just knew God was calling me to be part of leading a large Australian church that would reach unchurched people with the love and power of Jesus and to see uh, families, communities, cities and nations of the world transformed uh, by his love and power. And so I kind of knew enough of that's what God was calling me to, to do and I loved serving here at Gateway uh, for a number of years. I remember about four years in, uh, walking actually out of this office, down the stairs to the foyer of our church and saying to the senior pastor at the time, any chance you want to plant a church because I'm really busting to lead something, I'd love to uh, stay connected with Gateway. And he said to me, I'll just hold your horses. I'm about to resign. I'm not sure what that'll mean for you. Uh, and I did end up uh, taking that role as a senior pastor, and we did start planting churches. It was what God had planted in our heart, and uh, I never dreamt of becoming uh, the director of the Queensland Baptist Movement, never in my heart. But as people started to talk to me about it and I started to pray about it, uh, I didn't get a really clear word. It wasn't like leave all that you currently know behind. I didn't have that clear impression. I was just sitting on the beach one day asking God if it was what he wanted me to do. And I just started to see planes fly over into the Gold Coast airport. And I just felt like God just put a question in my heart. How would you feel if you're sitting on those, one of those planes coming back from somewhere in Queensland where you'd just been somewhere to encourage the church somewhere around the state. And immediately, I didn't hear an answer. I just felt joy rise up in my heart. And that joy just sort of helped me to understand, I'd love to do this. Mm. And I actually think, you know, God wants to give us the desires of our heart Mm. when we're walking closely with him because the desires of our heart are actually the desires of his heart. Mm. And so in that occasion... It was just the joy in my heart that helped me to make the decision. Um, So there's some defining moments in my calling. They're all a little bit different. Um, But and 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 all I say the common thing is uh, none of them were immediate. I was kind of like I just couldn't shake it. I just couldn't shake this sense of I needed to go into ministry. I couldn't shake this sense of God's calling me to lead a church. I couldn't shake this sense of God's calling us to plant churches. It just stayed with me over time and I just had to start trusting that God was in it yeah I think that that probably segues to the question that's growing in my mind like it's great to sit here now where you sit knowing that those that calling that you had came to fruition like you did end up leading a large church you did end up leading a church planning church and you did end up becoming the director of the QB movement for someone who's sitting sort of in that place of they've got a they've got a passion in their heart right now uh, but it hasn't happened yet what would be your advice to them about how to carry it? How do they, yeah. how do they, like the amount of people that have come to me and said, I think I want to be a pastor who don't end up doing that. And you can see straight away that it's, you know, I'm not sure what voice you heard. Like to a person listening who is wrestling with that, what's your advice for them? 
Uh, this is this is very very uh, spiritual advice I'm going to give. It's uh, <laughs> it's theology that probably comes you know somewhere from the fourth book of Maccabees, but I uh, I call it the have a go theology. I actually think sometimes you've just got to have a go. Wow. You've got to have a go at serving. You've got to have a go at the thing that, you know, God's put in your heart and just see whether God's in it. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that's probably what I've tried to do throughout my life. I've, I've had a go at a bunch of things and some of them I will never, ever do again. Uh, this might be a surprise to uh, some that know me well, <laughs> but I once led worship and it was awful. And I promise you, I will never do it again. Um, it just wasn't what God's uh, got for me. The first time I preached, I was also pretty awful, but... As I sat down, I just thought, I felt the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit at that moment. I want to have a go at getting better. Mm. And so I kept having a go. And so there's some things when you have a go, it's kind of like, you, uh, no, nah, this isn't what God's got for me. I'm never going to do this again. And other things, you won't be brewing at it overnight, but there'll be this sense of, I feel alive. I feel like the Holy Spirit is working through me. And even though I've got a lot to learn, I want to keep having a go i think what what jesus says is just be faithful with the little that i've given you and then i will trust you with some more and so i think wherever we're at have a go be faithful with the opportunities that we've got now and trust that uh that god will open up other opportunities you know for me i i preached in a a church you know most sunday nights with 60 or 80 people there week after week for years but i prepared as if I was preaching to a thousand mm. and uh, I was faithful with that opportunity and God gave me some different opportunities and some bigger opportunities uh, into uh, the future. So have a go. Be faithful with the opportunities uh, God's given you. Be patient. Um, I don't, God, God doesn't always work on our time frame. Uh, you know, if it was up to me, we would have planted 20 churches by now, uh, <laughs> but we haven't. And uh, be patient. Just keep uh, doing the next thing God's got for you. Oh, that's, that's really great um, insight and encouragement, Jace. I do know, too, that in you, that beautiful succession of, you know, the way that God spoke to you had kept you to your calling. Can you um, let us know a little bit more about what about in the times you just felt like you needed to give up and you just, I know you have this have a go attitude, but I'm sure there were times you were like, I'm not having a go anymore. Um, but what sustained you in those periods? Because I think we all in ministry experience that. Like, gee, this is hard. This is a hard slog. I'm really not sure anymore if that's the core. Has that ever happened to you? What did you do to walk through that journey? Yeah, thanks, Sav. Yeah, that's definitely uh, happened. Uh, sometimes I just wonder if I'm stubborn. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm so stubborn I won't uh, give up. Uh, and there is some truth to that. But I, I think the very spiritual answer is, and I don't, uh, I don't say it uh, in any trite kind of way because it's simple but it's real. 
you've got to keep walking closely with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I just can't emphasize that enough. Mm. Uh, there were times I, I just shared with the GMS cohort, actually. I, I remember a time when uh, I was a youth pastor in Sydney. We had four young kids. We had a mortgage. I was halfway through renovating a house. I was halfway through a Bible college degree. And I was still kind of dealing with my own insecurities and anxieties. And uh, I used to dream every morning about jumping in my old combi van and driving away from my family and driving away from my ministry and mm. uh that was a, i it was a dream i wanted you know mm. i i wanted to do it because i was i was stressed i was insecure and uh mm. and i i yeah i was stressed and insecure and i just had to keep holding on to jesus keep walking with jesus and he got me through that time and uh i just remember you know a couple of uh they went on for a couple of years but i remember i woke up one morning and realized i haven't had that dream for a few months and he got me through it got me through and i dealt with some of my insecurities i dealt with some of the things that were calling me causing me stress and anxiety and uh, god sustained me uh, during those Mm. times and there'd be i'd be lying if i said there weren't lots of other times since then Mm. when uh, i wanted to give up Um, and so things that have kept me going are walking closely with jesus having good people around me having Mm. a mentor that i've met with for the last 18 or 19 years mm. asked me the same five questions <laughs> you know just really basic questions about my relationship with god my family uh, my the the people i work with at gateway and what are my greatest temptations really simple questions but just being honest and open yeah. with him has uh has helped me to uh help to sustain me helped mm. uh, help me to stay grounded and to keep walking with jesus and fulfilling the call on my life um they'd, they'd be some of the key things I, I i'm a very visual person i surround myself with some things that remind me of my call yeah so in my office wow. there's some there's some photos and there's some uh, pictures on the wall there is my grandfather's baptism certificate from 1952 yeah. that sits in my bible on my desk wherever i go i've got these very visual reminders of uh you know why uh serving jesus in the local church in australia is worth the effort and that's what he's called me to do helps me thanks for that mate i really appreciate the uh the honor sharing there yeah. um Got one more question. It might be a slight change of gears, but then again, it might not be, depending on how you answer it. Um, put yourself in this scenario. You rock up to an event and someone rushes up to you and says, can you be our speaker? Can you do a 15-minute talk? And you've got two minutes notice. What do you talk about? You can talk about whatever you want. What do you talk about? Ah, uh, look, probably depending on the situation, I probably talk about uh, Luke chapter 15 and the value of ones. Every lost person matters to God. And uh, we've all got the privilege of celebrating with all of heaven as one person gets found and puts their faith in Jesus and uh, becomes part of the family of God. That's probably the first thing that comes to mind but depending on uh the 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 event 
Um, I love talking about that. I get very emotional talking about that. I get very passionate talking about mm. that. It's the thing that just keeps driving me in a good way. Yeah. Doesn't come out of any insecurity. Doesn't come out of any, mm. you know, an ego or need in myself. It just comes out of a passion to see lost people in this nation come to know Jesus. Awesome. Hey, Jace, I know you did an exercise with us and I thought for our listeners who would like to just for a moment, wherever you are listening, driving or running, if you're Andrew Serkham, um, whoever you are, um, I thought it might be really great just for the next minute, just to take us through a bit of an exercise. Because I'm sure as people are listening to this, they go, what is my calling? You know, Jace just talked about the ones. Where did he get that passion from? Where did it come from? I wonder whether he can do something for our listeners just before we go. Just a little exercise. Sure. Thanks, Sav. I, uh, I would just encourage you today that uh, all of you have got unique dreams and visions and passions and calling that are sitting in your heart right now. And some of you actually haven't realized that it's unique that not everybody feels the same way that you feel, thinks the same way that you think, and desires to see God work in the same way that he does. And if it's not coming from uh, a place of of selfishness, it's not just serving your needs in some way, uh, but it's advancing the kingdom, there's no way it's your selfish nature, there's no way it's the devil. It's you just got to start trusting that it's Jesus. And so I just say right now, wherever you're listening, just uh, just close your eyes maybe. Just uh, if you're running or riding a bike or driving a car, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. But uh, in whatever way you can, just still yourself. Just still your heart and just start to picture, just start to dream, just start to imagine what is it that you would most love to do to serve Jesus? What's the group of people that you'd most love to, to serve and to be the hands and feet of Jesus to? What's the need or the people group or the, um, the suffering that's in the world or in our community today that you just love to see Jesus break through in? Just take a moment, whether your eyes are closed or whether your heart is stilled, just go, what is it that I really want to see Jesus do in my life and through my life? Just take 60 seconds just to, what is that? What is it that you see? Who is it that you see? How is it that God's working in you?
Jace, thanks so much for your time, mate. Um, it is it is a uh, it's a joy to work with you. It's a joy to work in this place and the culture that yeah. you have played a really key hand in creating. Uh, I know I'm speaking on behalf of my co-host as well, but and Absolutely. our producer. Uh, we love Gateway and we, we love working working with you. Um, thanks again, Jace. Thank you for joining thanks, us, Jace. Cheers. Great to thanks have all. You. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway Ministry School Life of Leadership Podcast. Follow us for more chats with experienced leaders. For more information on Gateway Ministry School, please head to our website at gatewaybaptist.com.au forward slash GMS.